No, no, that's that's great because that's one of my um I guess one of my ministry focuses that I have a real 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 deep heart for is the defeminization of the church. So and I think yeah, I think what uh what we're doing mission um uh, I mean if you've ever read Elridge stuff about uh Wild at Heart or whatever, you know, men need men need a mission we need a princess to save we need a epic you know and i'm sorry in most churches it's just a ted talk and a concert and i had a buddy of mine tell me the other day um about asbury he was there it was some a little worship video and he he was saying oh all the joys of heaven that you did it i'm like if heaven is a worship service forever I, i'm not gonna like it <laughs> Uh, and I love worship music and stuff, dude, man. I do, bro. But I mean, I, I'm not going to, I mean, that would, I know that sounds really blasphemous, but, but I, I just, don't, I don't, I don't think personally, theologically that it is a, a worship service forever. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. So man, the, uh, the, El uh, we're just flowing now. So the Elderidge book, um, that hit me the most was, uh, fathered by God. I think it was the one after yeah. a while yeah. Heart, And I tell you, man, that book really, really. Uh, uh, touched my heart. And so the main, the main thing that I seen was there was like uh, the process of, of making a man and, um, you know, yeah. starting from, uh, uh, you know, being immature or whatever to initiation, uh, to engagement, to uh, being fathered by God into, to those things, man. And I, <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, man, I'm so uninitiated, man. My father wasn't there and all these different things. And uh, what really hit home was, you know, God telling me that he, he initiated me a lot of different times uh, throughout this process, um, you know, into, into this masculine journey. And, um, you know, I really didn't see that uh, until after I read that book, I was like, man, God's been fathering me for a cool minute. And uh, just that book produced so much gratitude in my life, but um so the feminization of the church, let's, let's touch on that for a little bit, brother. Um, because, um, you know, I went to a church service recently and a brother invited me, uh, it was actually going to, uh, uh it was another man who was in like the masculine uh, movement. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go hear this guy uh, speak, you know, because, um, he's part of the masculine, uh, Christianity movement and stuff. Uh, so I went there in a, you know, I had all the, uh, all the things that I remember, you know, it's been a cold decade since I've been there. Uh, but, um, you know, the entertainment, they entertained us for like 30 minutes, like throwing balls all around. And it was just like, it was getting like a pre, uh, crowd movers, you know, how you go to a concert and they're shooting t-shirts yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I experienced all that and all, all that stuff, man. And, uh, and it reminded me of, the uh, performance kind of base culture that we're in, but uh, share a little bit about what you see as the, the feminization of the, uh, of the church and why it's not relating to men. Yeah, it's, uh, it's real interesting to me. I have a, a friend who uh, we've discussed this. She actually did some counseling with me when I was going through my depression and uh, she she thinks that the church is over masculinized. Um, and I was like, Oh, so, you know, Hold up. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but what she was basically talking about is leadership. And, and I did agree with her when she finally was, was able to communicate with me what she was saying. 
um, I, I did agree with her that it the, the leadership is overly masculine, and yeah. and I come I come from a tradition that you know is primarily you know male leadership, and and that's what it was, and and all that, and I, I don't believe that anymore. I, I mean. I'm so egalitarian. Yeah, I think women can lead and mm-hmm. and 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 uh, do ministry like a man can. I mean, you know, there's caveats and situations for everything, but but uh, that that's what she was talking about. I am talking about the atmosphere and culture of church. Yeah, I mean, you go in the average church where I am in Mississippi, a uh, little Baptist church, gray hair women. That's that, that's what you'll see. And yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there's there's nothing wrong with that. Even if you go to one of the the mega churches around uh-huh. here that that are they're doing the contemporary worship and all that all that type of stuff, you if you did a count, you're going to see more women in the sanctuary than you are men. And part of that is is it, it it's more of this. Uh, I'm trying to think of the exact word of what I'm trying to say. It's more of this being aspect which is important you know uh frank viola uh talks a lot about you know the being uh you know and, and you need to be um contemplation meditation that kind of stuff but there's yeah. but there's this there's this this concept that of inaction possibly okay in the church yeah that 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 uh and and even i've noticed that women that are that are more um like type A, get up and go. Uh, they don't feel comfortable in a lot of churches because what they're they're labeled, and 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 maybe some are. I don't know, but they'll, they'll be slapped with that that old label of being a Jezebel or something like that, you know. And 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 and, and um, you know, which which I believe in, but it, not every person who's assertive is a Jezebel. But anyway, uh, so in in the movement community that I'm a part of, what what we see is there's three of the five uh, three of the five gifts that are neglected in the, in the church. Um, The pastoral and the teacher are usually there. The apostolic prophetic or evangelistic, what we call apes. That's what we call them. (laughs) Sure. Sure. That's funny. Um, The the, the the ape. Yeah, the apes are left out. There's there's no place for them. They they're not happy being a greeter or telling somewhere to park or, you know. I mean, I think some of them are ha- might be happy being security and carrying a gun. But yeah, that's a different <laughs> story. But 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 overall, apes are are, are wired to 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 look forward and go forward. Um, the the pastoral and teacher gifts are are more not status quo, but more, um, you know, maintenance um building yeah. up of yeah and and that those two things are part of the feminine aspect of god i i believe that god has feminine aspects as well as masculine aspects because obviously right. he's 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 neither gender and you know but if you have a church that's off balance and you're not seeing all five of the fivefold giftingness, you're going to have a church that is feminized because pastoral yeah. overall and teaching overall is is more of a feminine aspect thing and i'm I'm talking about biblical culture not our culture our culture is so screwed up about gender that i'm not even going to go there uh <laughs> yeah, yeah but 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 uh yeah and 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 that's not saying that this is a man or a woman problem because yeah. um 
because some some men fit very well in the the pastoral teaching aspect of it. But there's a lot of pastors out there, you, you know, that are apostolic, but they're they're kind of pushed into this pastoral mode, and they just don't fit. It's like yeah. putting trying to put a square peg in a round hole, and they don't fit, and they burn out because they're trying to do something that God has not made them or wired them to do. The other thing is just some simple logistical things that I have. Uh, one of the most unfortunate things um, to me is the worship music today is largely feminized. Um, yeah. 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 A lot of, a, a lot of it's good, but, but uh, some of it, I mean, my, my wife laughs at me, but I call it Jesus is my boyfriend music and Jesus is, is not my boyfriend. You know, yeah, yeah. I I'm learning to understand him as the bride, you know, that, that I'm his bride and he's the bridegroom. And I'm learning to understand, you know, that, that I'm a house of, for his habitation, but, but there's just, a, it's just a, it's a syrupy, sappy, cultural love Jesus is my boyfriend kind of stuff. It's not yeah. an intimate adoration intimacy type. Yeah, um, yeah. The vineyard, the vineyard, when they first started, they really touched in on the intimacy and it wasn't really Jesus is my boyfriend type of music, but a lot of the, the newer stuff. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it's written by women. And, and uh, so it's going to have that, that, um, you know, gear. So that's kind of my, my looking at, yeah. And in one of the things I, I I sent a picture to a guy that I'm discipling right now, a younger guy, and and I said, "What do you see in this picture?" And he was looking at it. And he said, "I don't know." And and then he said, "Wow, that's a lot more men there than women." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what you see in this picture, because they're 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 mobilizing to do mission. They have a mission." Yeah, and uh, they don't mind coming and meeting and doing and doing music and and doing intimacy, but if they just sit at Jesus's feet like Martha and they don't move to the to I mean like Mary and they don't move to Martha, they get bored and they don't want to be there. And yeah. and and I, I gave an example of I live in the country, forty miles just about from anywhere, but we have a, a store down right two miles down the road, three miles down the road. I I can have a fish fry down there and invite guys and let them come down and we could do a Bible study and I would have a full house. But if I invite them just, you know, uh, a few miles down the road to the church in the, in the, you know, the, uh, fellowship hall to have that, nobody'd show up. Yeah. It's just that, that distinction that, uh, you know, that, that, that is a religious space and they're just not interested in, in, in what has been put forth as a feminized church or Christianity. Does that help? It does. It does. You know, I, uh, yeah, I find myself, uh, agreeing with, um, with everything that you said. Um, you know, when I first started out in ministry, I was wondering why that I was attracting uh, a lot of females and, um, you know, my mindset at the time was to, um, was that nurturing, uh, type aspect. And, and I was wondering why I was like, why, why am not, am I not resonating with men? And, um, you know, it came from probably the training of that, that culture and stuff, but, um, uh, the energy level I was giving off was that's what, that's what it's attracting. So when I look at what's taking place in the church is that these men are giving off this, uh, this sort of a uh, vibe. <laughs> I don't want to go into the new age energy levels, but they got a vibe going. No, them. no. It's yeah, connecting. Yeah. You know, their vibe is yeah. connecting to, uh, whether they know it or not, 
that they're they're reaching uh, their target audience. So you know, if they wanted to shift and go, well, how come I'm not reaching men? They would have to change their vibe. <laughs> you know, yeah. everything. Uh, uh, yeah. Me- uh, messaging uh, call. Um, you know, I went to so that church that I went to. It was a call to uh, to a personal lover. Uh, there was a, you know there was a lot of women there, even though uh, that th- the guy there was uh, masculine and he was calling out to men to to commit. But um, uh, it was it, w- it was a savior model uh, as far as uh, come accept Christ as as kind of your your personal lover sort of thing. This is what I find like so if you got the the mission like you said objectives mission. Uh, you got the glorification of the king. Uh, you got the coming kingdom. Like all of this stuff is like men start going, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. Where, yeah. Where do I yep. sign up for that? You know, you start proclaiming the the line of Judah, and you're like, line of Judah, line of Judah. I'm down with the line of Judah. <laughs> we got some mission to do, <laughs> you know. And it's like you're speaking my language, and so that's what fired me up and got me to like a personal renewal. Is uh, you know how Frankie talks about in his book, uh, um, seeing seeing Jesus. Um, I forget how he words it, but it's in the um, the Gospel of the Kingdom book, and he sees Jesus as as he really is, and said, "Who would want to serve a God like that?" Once you see His glory, you know. Yeah. Um, and I find the glory for me that re- that reenergized me was the glorious king man and um and the assertive nature of christ not the aggressive not the you know permissive uh thing that both people are propagating but it was this assertive nature that i was like hey he was about the business he had a mission uh he put people in their place when they needed to be put in their place and all of this was like a re-energizing of like the masculine soul to uh, now, now I see that he's worthy of faithfulness. Now I see how glorious he really is where I didn't have that before in the, um, personal lover culture, man. I just did not have that. It wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's even a place for, for more, more sensitive oriented man. I, mean, I have a, my youngest, um, child, the 16 year old is, is very much what I'd call a David. Um, if he was a believer, he would be very, very music, worship, um, you know, sensitive, uh, uh, not not what you call a macho man or anything like that. that that's more my older son. But, uh, you know, he's but yet he still has this sense of masculinity. And, and my point about this is 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 you can be thoroughly masculine without it being toxic. You don't have to be Andrew yeah, yeah. Tate, you know. Uh, yeah, which not everything Andrew Tate, but anyway, overall, you don't have to be Andrew Tate. I got what you said. You don't have to be Andrew Tate, but you know, you don't have to be a beta, you know, and and you know the 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 Holy Spirit helps us navigate that road between those ditches, and and uh, that's that's what men are really looking for for a place and acceptance and respect, um, no matter whether they're more sensitive, empathic types or you know yeah. more more not um, yeah yeah you know, I, I have and, noticed a, sh- a little bit of shift in um uh you know i got a playlist going of some 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 music that's pretty pretty solid you know i see a little bit of shift and i hope it continues more and more but 
you know, they are starting to talk about the king and the kingdom of God and, um, you know, his uh, his reign on earth and that, uh, you know, there'll be justice and peace in the land. And, you know, I'm starting to hear like um, like an uprising of different uh, a different messaging come forth. It gets me excited because, you know, I do believe um, the current message as it as it was of, um, you know, the personal lover is just, you know, it's. It, I'm not saying it should be abandoned um, because right, there is right. a place for, you know, that intimacy. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I write songs, I sing, you know, I have this, you know, very uh, like you said, that David sort of thing to where I'm poetic and, you know, have those things. But, um, you know, I think to, to engage men, uh, we need to, we need kind of the whole enchilada. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We we just need to get back to the the gifts that Jesus gave us. I mean, there, you know, there's three sets of gifts in the in the in the scripture, and a lot of people lump them all together. But but there's there's the gifts the Father gave, the Romans twelve gifts, which give us identity, and there's the the gifts in um, Ephesians, which Jesus gives, which gives us our office. Um, and, you know, and then the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us in in First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, which are you know, uh, manifestational or situational gifts. Yeah. And people, people lump all those together and you do a little survey or whatever. And, you know, and, and, uh, they, they just miss the whole gist of it. And so, and it, Jesus gave the church the fivefold gifts, you know, and, and, and you, it's hard to do that when you're, you're in, like you said, you're in a, a vibe or a uh, yeah, uh, inner your energy is is more towards status quo pastoral teacher. All we want is for you to come and sit, and we measure our success by how many people are sitting in here. <laughs> and <laughs> and you know, I mean, I, 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 I'll give you an example. We we do missions in apartment complexes and stuff like that. We we'll go out look for people. Peace. I. In, in the community where we are, it's, it's mostly African-American and in the African-American community tradition is huge. So if they're older than say 40, there's no way I can reach them to get them out of sight of the normal church. You'll have the occasional outliers, but yeah, but the, the tradition, I mean, and that's even in the white Southern community here too, around, but Heck yeah, but yeah, but well, we're in the Bible belt and, but, but, at the same time, if I go for teenagers or young adults, um, there was, uh, I think I told you this um, off camera before, uh, we had a, a young adult that had, <laughs> in a little hood housing apartment, they had, like, I think it was between 18 and 20 uh, young adults that they were have. they crammed them all in this, this living room of this hood housing apartment, and this like 16 year old was leading and facilitating church and uh, a, a pastor who his grandmother um, goes to, who lived, who lived in the apartment. The grandmother was participating too. The grandmother is a member of this pastor's church. Well, he came and stormed in and dispersed it all and said, y'all can't do this. You can't meet like this. Cause this is not church. Yeah. These kids were making disciples um, these kids were changing lives. They yeah. weren't giving, they weren't just, to, they, it wasn't something just added to their calendar. Like, Oh, I got another Bible study. Let me go get some more knowledge. I mean, these kids were spurring on each other to obedience and, and 
we're involved in each other's lives, you yeah, know? That's amazing. And well, and, and it's going to take two, it's going to take us, we got, we've got to focus on the intimacy with God. Obviously that's the, that's the most important, but we've got to get back to the intimacy with people and loving people like that. Uh, like the, the video that you sent me off camera of the Asbury, how it started. It, yeah. You know, that the, we've got to learn to love people and we, we do that allowing him to love through us. And, yeah. and, and that'll take care of it because community, uh, is 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 a uh, masculine oriented thing too it's not just a, a feminine oriented thing you know yeah so yeah. yeah man that's good i you remind me of a, a story uh, uh one of the uh pioneers of the uh, of the faith that i uh have engrossed in in the deeper life movement was andrew murray um if mm. you're familiar yeah the african uh minister and um you know, at the beginning of his ministry, when his father was still alive, he left for a little bit at a time and came back and there was revival in his church, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, being young and, 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 um, you didn't initiate it. Right. And you come back and there's it's just like people just, you know, seeking God passionately and all this different stuff. He put a stop to it. He was like, you know, comes in and just like back to the order, you know, and, um, you know, God uh, put him in his place and um, he actually um, stood back for, I think there's like 30 to 60 days and wouldn't even minister anymore because of the, um, uh, because of what he felt as far as being a disruptor of what God was doing and not really understanding um, that he was going to put a stop to, you know, what, uh, what they were praying for and all these different things. And, now, it's kind of strange, you know, when you see it in that context that, you know, the pastor's like, this ain't, you know, sanctioned by the church. We don't get to count these in our baptism. <laughs> you know, we didn't initiate this process and then coming in and put into a stop to what these kids, I understand it uh, from an organizational structure. Could I have been on that side? But then being on this side, you know, it's definitely in the wrong to. Um, oh, yeah. Those yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. and 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 it goes back to you know some false security. Well, yeah, yeah. That's and, <laughs> and well, and and my my big hobby horse uh, that that is is a lot of pastoral decisions that are made in the Western Church are all about money. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it 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 and that's what that's what bothers me because that's mammon. You know, that's a, that's a false god, and uh, you know. I've been in that trap when, before we um, left the church we were a part of, we were going to start a, this was back when Rick Warren's purpose-driven church was popular back in the yeah, uh, late not late nineties. And we were going to start a buddy of mine uh, where we were going to start the uh, a purpose-driven church. We were going to, we already had the, we had the sanctuary we were going to get, we we're going to use a theater and we were going to, you know, get some, you know, and we had, you know, that's what we were going to do. And and God had a different idea from me somehow. I don't even know how I got a hold of him, Viola and and a guy named Gene Edwards, who is really hardcore. And there's this one book by a guy named Jim Rutz or Roots. I, can, I don't know how you pronounce it, but he wrote this book called The Open Church. It's, a, it's an old book. I don't even know if it's in print anymore. And that book just really devastated me and, and rocked my world about, you know, the whole concept that the church is a people. And 
that we're a movement. And I've been preaching for years, even before it was popular to virtue signal, you know, the church needs to be more like the homosexual movement, not in sin, but, but they don't meet on Sundays and talk about, you know, well, well we like being, you know, gay. And so we're just going to hear, uh, here's a sermon about, you know, how to be gay and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They just connect. That, their identity permeates everything they do. Yeah. Everything. And if you don't want to use that example, use a civil rights example. Um, they didn't just meet and, you know, and it was pleasant and they met once a week and talked about when well, we need it, we need justice, da, 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 da. They got out <laughs> and did. They were like they, up in each other's business every day. <laughs> yeah, ex ex exactly. I mean, they were a movement and the church has got to get back to being a movement. Yeah, yeah. That's the transition that needs to happen. And that's what I hope happens with the whole revival aspect because um yeah my my, my theory is he's still blessing the old wineskins but the new wineskin revival is going to happen outside the church it's going to happen yeah. um in the marketplace it's going to happen um out in the streets that's you know that's that that's but it's going to take people that are that are willing to get out and do that and it's going to and that and it's going to take men you yeah. know, uh, it, we need both, we need both sexes, both genders to, to be able to be the church and to do what Jesus has called us to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, man, I was raised in, uh, um, you know, Pentecostalism and, um, uh, kind of the, um, uh, the Joel's army type, uh, thing to where, you know, the restoration of the, uh, of the fivefold ministries and stuff like that. And, yeah. um, the question I have is, you know, cause I'm looking, you know, I see that. Okay. So inside of the normal, uh, institutions that we got, there's, there's not going to be a, a restoration inside of those. I mean, there's kind of like weird ones that are, that are popping up that are, that are seeing it's, you know, the restoration of the fivefold ministry. But so the question I have is, 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 is the restoration of all things being at hand and attaching that to the kingdom of God. And um, so what do you, what do you feel like is being restored um, or is going to be restored in, you know, the next little bit of time? What do you see coming back? Well, the, the, the first thing is to me about that is, is it's going to, it's not going to be a platform ministry any longer. Okay. Um, it, it, yeah. It, to me, my experience with the fivefold gifts, giftings um in pentecostal slash charismatic type it, it's always been a platform ministry right uh and, and the apostles to me really uh i mean i'll just say it they're really not they're not apostolic i mean they're just a guy that, that has some churches under him that he might not have even planted that just came into his association and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and that, that doesn't make you an apostle. There are signs of an apostle, you know, um, signs and wonders are one, but that's not the major one. You know, there's, there's other signs and I forget the scripture that's in second Corinthians. It talks about the signs about the apostle or this anyway, I can't remember. I just read it like last week, but, uh, but the, the, the other ones, they they have to they have to go from being a, a platform ministry yeah. and and they have to become uh, discipleship oriented ministries and what I mean by that is 
I think everybody has one of these, one of the fivefold gifts inside of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a buddy of mine uses an example like this. You go in the military, you become a demolition expert. Okay. All right. Well, the demolition expert doesn't sit up and lecture you on demolition. He tries to make you a demolition expert. Yes. Yes. Okay. You might not be as good of a demolition expert as he is, but if he takes six guys, he now has six demolition experts. They might not be as good as he is. However, there's always number one room for growth to be a demolition expert. But number two, you're going to get more demolition done with seven guys than with one. Yeah. And that's how I view the fivefold gift it gifts is an apostle is is gonna is gonna disciple apostles. He's gonna raise up other apostles that are that are gonna be the ones that pioneer and go out into the areas and plant the churches. I mean, I know apostles that are, and I I I, I put that in air quotes so people can't see me that that haven't even planted a church or they've planted one church and and they started a network and these other well-meaning guys came under their network that that's just not that's not what god had him that's not the apostle paul right, you know right. uh, not at all and and um we've got to get back to it's got to shift from being a platform ministry to to being more of a, a discipleship oriented ministry yeah um yeah. the other the other thing is is there just needs to be, like I said, avenues and and opportunities for them to train in these different aspects. I, I have a view, and I'm not going to go down, you know, this is a secondary um, uh, uh, doctrine. It, it's not something I'll, you know, uh, fight over or whatever. Okay. But, but okay. My, my opinion is... That, that most of your fivefold giftedness is not in one church. It, it's it's more in the community. It's it's yeah. more of a community oriented thing. So you have in in the DMM stuff that we do, which stands for disciple making movements. Uh, basically, you you have the family, which is the first unit of church, and then you have families that meet together more in a um, organic or we call them kingdom communities groups, whatever, you know, house church, you can use that terminology. It just has a lot of baggage, uh, that, that type of stuff. Then that, then you go up from there, you network those to a, what you call a community church or a county church or, or, or a part of a city or a neighborhood church, you know, and the, the fivefold gifts, you know, they, they, they're there to, they're there to share in that network of those small churches, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and not, they're not elders. They are elders, but they're not, el- they're not the elders of the church. They're, they're, they're more of a traveling ministry to go to these, these different and, and raise up more of them themselves in these groups to, to multiply as they go along. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Particularly the, 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 the prophetic, uh, the, the, the prophetic ministry, because that to me, as we get towards, you were talking about towards, as we're going towards, I don't know what your eschatology is or whatever. I mean, mine's changed so many different times, but yeah, I've since come back to more of a, you know, something's happening in the world and I think Jesus is coming soon, but I'm not a dispensational, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, date, date setter. But if, 
Jesus is coming soon and there's a lot of stuff going down in the world, the prophetic ministry is going to be necessary for us to have discernment to, to be able to determine what's happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And we, and, and they need to practice. Uh, I mean, Agubus, I read about Agubus uh, this morning. Um, Agubus got it wrong in the book of Acts. I, I mean, I know a lot of people don't see it that way, but if you go back and look at what he said, he he got that prophetic word wrong. He got the gist of it right, but he got the details incorrect. So he was, he wasn't a false prophet. They didn't stone him. You know, right, right, right. He, he, he was practicking and it just, you know, it just, it drives me crazy that, um, the Jehovah's witnesses know this, they, they practice they, in their, in their kingdom halls, they, they, they'll, they'll sit there and they'll practice and they know every scripture you're going to bring at them to dis disprove what they believe. And they'll, they'll have a stage and they'll set up like, they'll play skits. They'll have skits. Like you're, you're the, the, the person at the house. And then you're the, you're the, you're, you're the witness and, you know, and, and, and they'll practice. Yeah, the church yeah. doesn't practice because we we think everything we do in the kingdom is inside four walls and consists of like two hours on Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. So I feel like uh, so you're saying uh, just to repeat it back to you that I'm I'm yeah. having what you're dropping. Uh, restoration uh, uh, of the fivefold ministry is um, is off the platform and into. Uh, community and the lives of people. Now, the, I relate with this so strong because obviously there's something in, inside of me that's done with the entertainment culture, and yeah. I don't want to see somebody's leg stretched on a on a platform, uh, sort of thing. And um, and people, you know, oh that that man of God, you know, has the healing or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, there's, a, there's yeah. a great adversion to that. Um but equipping people to manifest that inside of their daily activities or their lives. Um, that's something, uh, far different. So the, the giftings and everything, uh, are outside of the context of, of institutionalism in everyday life. Oh, we see, um, I don't know a statistic. I mean, we see tons, actually tons more healings out in the marketplace and out in the world than we do in a church yeah. building. And yeah. my wife and I are with our healing ministry. Yeah. It's just reality. And then the discipleship, you know, inside of institution to me is a, a course that they have um, that secures people after church membership. So, you know, I get the course uh, for, for baptism, they get baptized, uh, you know, and somewhere in that is what it means to be a member of a church. And then there might be a 12 week course or something that somebody goes through. Um, and we slap that on it and call it discipleship. Uh, yeah. See, we, we, in, in our, our DMM movements, we don't even, we, we, we don't teach that at all. We teach what, what we call the duckling principle. And that basically means that the, the mother duck is Jesus. And as long as you're one step ahead of the other duck, you can, they can follow you. Yeah. So that means I, I can get saved, uh, 10 o'clock, 10 AM Monday morning. And, you know, Get and I can lead someone to the Lord three o'clock Monday afternoon, and I can disciple them because I'm being discipled because there's someone in front of me. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So, so, as so we long call as it you're the, on the the one rung in the ladder, reaching down. Yeah, yep. yeah, okay. yeah, we we call we call it the duckling principle, and 
you know, and the other thing too, you were talking about the class. Okay. That's one of my, you know, and I'm a seminary trained dude and stuff. And I love books and education and all that kind of stuff. But Christianity in the West has got to, we're a knowledge based. We, we, we equate Christian maturity with knowledge yes. and the Bible equates Christian maturity with obedience. And so our obedience is low and our knowledge is high. And we wonder why we're not changing the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to some of these other countries. I have a priest friend that went to Bangladesh. It's really kind of an amazing story. He and another guy went over there that they started working with some um, Bangladesh people. They saw a, a movement grow. And this was back several, several years ago. In three years, they saw 45,000 people saved discipled saved not 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 at a crusade where they came forward and blah 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 and then they were lost in the shuffle um they these people were discipled one-on-one one to the lord and then were discipled yeah the the most amazing thing my my friend told me is that when he would go over to to train he would feel so convicted when he came back because he would do a teaching on giving and at lunchtime, they would all disappear, and then they would come back, and they would bring stuff, and they they were given. They were they were doing instant obedience. They yeah. they immediate immediate That's obedience, amazing. or they teach on evangelism, and they would go during the lunch break of the training and go win some people to the Lord and bring them back to the training. <laughs> oh, I mean, so what do we do? What do we do in the? In the West, oh, I got to pray about it for a while. You know, I, I've got, I mean, we're, we're just, you know, we're, we're lazy. I include myself in that big yeah, time. Yeah. 